I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that flips through the pages of history to deliver old news in a new way. I'm Gabe Lussier, and today we're talking about the birth of Betty Boop, the world's first female cartoon star and a trendsetter for fashion and feminism for more than 90 years and counting. The day was August 9th, 1930. Beloved cartoon character Betty Boop made her big-screen debut in the animated short Dizzy Dishes. The black-and-white short film was produced by Fleischer Studios as part of its Talkartoon series and was animated by Grim Natwick and Ted Sears and directed by Dave Fleischer. Betty's role in the short was rather small, but she managed to make a big impression anyway both on audiences and on the team who created her. Over the next two years, the character played supporting roles in several other Fleischer cartoons, and then in 1932, she began starring in a series of her own, becoming the first female cartoon character to do so. Betty would go on to star in more than 100 cartoons throughout the 1930s, earning her the title of Queen of the Animated Screen. Despite serving as Betty's big break, the main star of Dizzy Dishes was actually a different Fleischer character, Bimbo the Dog, the Fleischer's answer to Disney's Mickey Mouse. The character who would become Betty Boop only appears for about one minute of the short six-minute runtime, and she's never mentioned by name. She also looks a little different from the Betty Boop we're familiar with today, as she was originally drawn as an anthropomorphic French poodle an upright dog person, in line with Bimbo and the other characters in the short. The story of Dizzy Dishes, such as it is, follows Bimbo as he works as a waiter in a jazz club, trying to appease his many demanding customers. A little over two minutes into the short, Bimbo gets distracted by one of the performers on stage, a cabaret-singing French poodle in a little black dress. 
She may not appear as the species we're used to, but with her oversized head, short black curls, and visible garter, most of Betty's trademark features were already in place. And once she starts performing, that's when you know for certain. Her high-pitched baby voice and scat-like singing are unmistakably Betty. Take a listen. Bimbo was taken in by Betty's charms from the start, and it didn't take long for American audiences to follow suit. The character next appeared alongside Bimbo in 1930's Mysterious Moes, and then again in 1931's Bimbo's Initiation, an all-time classic cartoon. By that point, Bimbo himself had been redesigned to be shorter, rounder, and all-around cuter. But Betty was still a half-dog hybrid. She wouldn't get a makeover of her own until 1932, when her floppy poodle ears were changed to big hoop earrings, and her black dog nose became the button nose of a teenage girl. With this transition, Betty Boop became the first fully human, female, animated character. And from then on, she wasn't a sidekick or a damsel in distress. She was the star of the show, and even had her own theme song to prove it. Made of pen and ink, she can win you with a wink. Ain't she cute? Sweet Betty. Max Fleischer had created the character of Betty Boop as a potential love interest for Bimbo, and the studio stuck to that approach even after Betty turned human and became a star in her own right. She and Bimbo continued to be paired together for several years, sometimes with Fleischer's other hit character, Coco the Clown, thrown into the mix as well. These early shorts were part of an exciting period of experimentation for the studio. They often featured chaotic storylines, darkly twisted gags, and surreal musical sequences, including three performed by renowned jazz singer Cab Calloway. As time went on, though, Betty's adventures grew a bit more tame and a lot more formulaic. Her popularity also eclipsed that of her co-stars, and she started appearing either on her own or alongside new human characters, such as Professor Grampy. Later on, she even got her own pet dog, Pudgy, the implications of which were somewhat troubling, given her previous boyfriend. The evolution of Betty Boop was very much rooted in the fashion and music trends of the jazz age. She was designed to look like a 1920s flapper, and her signature baby voice and scat singing were inspired by several popular singers and actresses of the era. Some of the most notable inspirations for Betty's look and sound include black performers Baby Esther Jones, Betty Smith, and Gertrude Saunders, as well as white performers Helen Kane, Clara Bow, and Ethel Merman. By 1932, Betty had become such a big star that singer Helen Kane actually sued Fleischer Studios and Paramount Pictures, claiming the character was a, quote, deliberate caricature of her own act. In the late 1920s, Kane had made a name for herself in jazz clubs as the boop boop doop girl. But by the 1930s, her career was in decline, a fact she blamed on unfair competition from Betty Boop. Kane was seeking $250,000 in damages the equivalent of more than $5.5 today. 
and while her case did make it to trial in 1934, she ultimately lost after the defense proved that Kane had stolen her own act from baby Esther Jones, a black performer known for her jazz scat singing and for creating the phrase boop-boop-a-doop. Once recordings of Esther were played in court, the judge sided with Fleischer Studios, ruling that none of Betty Boop's characteristics were unique enough to her to be claimed as intellectual property. Although her appearance changed over time, the sound of Betty Boop has stayed more or less the same throughout her career, even though her voice was provided by several different women. The original Betty Boop was Margie Hines, a vaudeville performer and Helen Kane sound-alike. She performed the role of Betty in Dizzy Dishes and several other early shorts, and then returned to the role from 1938 to 1939. In the years in between, several other actresses lent their voice to Betty, including Little Ann Little. But her most famous and long-running voice actress by far was Mae Questel, who also played the part of Olive Oil in Fleischer's Popeye cartoons. The early Betty Boop shorts were aimed more at an adult audience than at kids, with plenty of sexual innuendo and revealing outfits mixed in with the usual cartoon slapstick. Characters would often try to sneak a peek at her undergarments, and in several shorts, she would have to fend off male characters who were getting a bit too handsy. Betty's role as the first animated sex symbol is a little disturbing when you consider she was originally meant to be just 16 years old, but as a celebration and parody of the flapper persona, Betty's mix of overt sexuality and girlish innocence was right on target. Nonetheless, in 1934, Fleischer Studios came under heavy fire for its risque content. It was targeted both by the National Legion of Decency and by new provisions of the Hayes Production Code. The restrictions imposed toned down Betty's sexuality quite a bit. She traded in her short skirts for full dresses and stopped shaking her hips and winking at the camera in the intros to her cartoons. She also gave up the nightclub scene and began working any number of office jobs or as a homemaker, depending on the short. This new, more domestic take on the character sapped the cartoons of much of their energy and their mature appeal, but Betty's big heart and take-charge attitude still kept her in the limelight for the next few years. The final Betty Boop cartoon was released in 1939, but the character would make a comeback in the mid-1950s when her original series of shorts was syndicated for television. The advent of color TV a few years later sent her popularity waning once again, but by the late 60s and early 70s, she found new life as a symbol of the counterculture movement. Then, in the 1980s, companies realized they could capitalize on Betty's enduring appeal by putting her face on every kind of merchandise imaginable. That trend continues to this day, to the point that many people who own Betty-branded merchandise have never actually seen any of her cartoons. Which begs the question, if the source material has fallen by the wayside, why is Betty still such a pervasive fixture of American pop culture? The answer, besides her iconic design, may be the sense of empowerment she represents as the world's first leading lady of cartoons. Fleischer Studios CEO Mark Fleischer, the grandson of Max, hit upon that connection during an interview with Animation Magazine. When describing the secret to Betty's longevity, he said, quote, One of the most important dynamics that today's culture shares with the pre-depression flapper era is that they are both cultures that were or are 
emerging from repression, especially for women. I think that this through line is one of the main reasons that Betty Boop continues to resonate through the epochs despite the constant changes around her. Betty's biggest return to animation thus far was her cameo in 1988's Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where Mae Questel, then in her late 70s, reprised her role for the film. Down on her luck since cartoons went to color, Betty is reduced to working as a waitress at the Ink and Paint Club Speakeasy in Los Angeles. There, she crosses paths with tune-hating detective Eddie Valiant, played by Bob Hoskins, but even he can't help but show respect for the queen of cartoons. Betty? Long time no see. What are you doing here? Work's been kind of slow since cartoons went to color. But I still got it, Eddie. Boop, boop, doo Yeah, you still got it. It's an unexpectedly poignant exchange and a fitting curtain call. For now, for our sweet Betty. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any feedback you'd like to share, you can always send it my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.